and welcome to another Simple Politics podcast. Back in the hosting chair today, it's Charlotte, that's me, I don't know why I refer to myself in the third person, but we have the brilliant third people, Diane and Tatton. How are you both this week? Okay, thank you. I'm feeling very autumnal. Um, yes, yeah. It's a funny old time, the change of seasons, isn't it? Yes, I think that's the best I can say. Are we doing autumn watch now? Is that autumn? Are we, are we doing watch. weather chat? <laughs> Hi, everyone. Yes. I mean, good. There's so much going on at the moment, and that immediately that's where we go to. This is the worst yes. podcast. But have you seen a conquer? No, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we can't help it. We're from the UK. The first thing we talk about is the weather. I mean, it's it's just in our DNA. It is. How's the weather where you are, Tatton? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. We can see it. I can see it out your window. <laughs> yeah, we'll just Google it. Like, fine. <laughs> well, do it then. You can I live keep in Whitstable, it from everyone. Us. Lovely listener. I live in Whitstable. If you want to look it up, you, can, you too can see the weather forecast where I am. Well, I, th- I think we can safely say, even though none of us live in London, that things in Westminster are a bit stormy at the moment. Right? I mean that's even worse. That's yeah, that's I even I was worse just trying than to come the up with chat. some kind of segue. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Should yeah. we just say? Should we go to the top post this week? Yeah. Okay. Um, should we go to our top post this week? Oh yes, please. <laughs> so, what post have had a good response this week, Tatton? Uh well. In at three, it's uh, it's more miserable news. We're going to talk about a lot of quite difficult choices and difficult things this week. Um, but uh, waiting lists, NHS waiting lists, we've now hit 7.7 million people are waiting to have something done. Mm, and that's like just seven, England, right? And that's just, like, we're oh, over wow. 10% of the country mm. are waiting for people to have, have work done. And... Uh, today, as we record, we're, we're going to talk about the date quite a lot today because we're recording on Wednesday and a lot's going to happen between now and when you listen to it. But right now, consultants are on strike and junior doctors are on strike. There is a Christmas Day level of service, which means none of these procedures are happening. Um, mm. uh, one thing I learned this week is that a Sunday service is the level of service above Christmas Day. So... There has been talk about having a Sunday service during strikes rather than the Christmas Day service. These are, quite, these are technical terms, apparently. The Prime Minister has waiting lists as one of his pledges. It's not going to happen. It's growing, growing, growing. He is blaming the unions. The unions are saying, just pay us properly and we'll, we'll come back to work. They're refusing to talk about pay, uh, saying that they've been given a decent decent pay rise, 8% pay rise. And it's, it's just, we're going round and round and round and round. And while that happens, we cannot begin to shorten these lists. And we need to talk. We need to get together. Winter, winter is coming. The PM knows winter's coming. We've had these conversations. But our health is in trouble. And we need to sort it out. Mm. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> So when, there's not much to say in that. There's no movement, no, is there? It's just, pfft, yeah. Exactly what yeah. you do. It's such a big, complex problem as well. So not one that we're going to be able to fix right here with our weather talk. Diane, what else has been popular this week? Okay, in at number two, this is a real 
one everyone can relate to, maybe, but it was about pub closures. Okay, mm. so it was uh, it was kind of like a sadly popular post, if I'm honest. Um, we shared some data that's specifically for England and Wales, and it, it was quite striking, really. Um, it was all about how many of our pubs are closing. It ends up being, if you look at this year, it's it's gone way higher than it was last year, and it's this is pubs that are permanently closing their doors for good. So. They're not, you know, they're not about to be taken over by by the next kind of, you know, uh, brewery. The, these are gone, absolutely gone. Um, and it's talking about numbers that are equate to this year so far being two pubs a day, basically, that we're losing. And the comments in this are really varied and actually really interesting because a lot of people are wondering if this is actually a bad thing. It's terrible, obviously, for the for the businesses and the jobs, but whether it's more of a cultural shift. So pubs are closing, but is it that more late night cafes are opening? Is it that, you know, we're just doing different things? We're all meeting around people's houses instead, and maybe we're drinking less, and maybe that's a little bit healthier, potentially. But there's no denying that pubs and community kind of go together, right? And pubs have been this hub of village life, especially for so, so long, that it does feel like we're losing something. I think that's the, what you're, the, the idea of there being might be being replaced by late night cafes. It's possible in, you know, Charlotte's trendy Manchester, but it's certainly not true in, in, in Whitstable. It's not true, I presume, in Devon. In like, North Devon. No, we, don't, no. we, don't have, we don't have late night cafes here. I mean, I think one of them closes at six and considers yeah. itself to be a late, late night cafe. And when those pubs go, they're, they're closing around here all the time. And when they go mm. close, they close. And there is an element of community that is there. Maybe we're drinking less. I do. You hear that young people, as as a trend, drink mm-hmm. less than we did when we were young people. I mean, Charlotte's still a young person, um, mm-hmm. but so we. It might be a culture shift. It might be better for our health, but it's still it's still there's there's still a sense of loss there. And Definitely. And and, they, and people are going out of business. And the thing about mm. pubs is that they're not all brewery run. And even no. the ones that are, also a lot of them are family run. Yeah. Like it's family yeah. businesses. We have Shepherd Neem is our big brewery around here. And all of their pubs are leased to individuals. Mm. Right? And so mm-hmm. when they go down, when they go under, you know, Shepherd Neem presumably shrug their shoulders and say that was a shame. But the family that lives in the pub and runs the pub. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, and that, that they could have done that for decades and decades and generations. And it's, it is something special. It's something uniquely British. Mm. And, I, and, and for me, I find it sad that they're closing. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, they're asking that the breweries and, and the industry uh, groups are asking for the government to do more whenever it comes to the autumn statement, which is like a kind of mini, mini, mini kind of budget-esque thing that the Chancellor is going to do in November. But the fact is, those guys will be joining a very long queue of industries asking for help in uh, November. So we've already got farmers in that queue. We've already got lots of people in that queue. (laughs) And I don't know, I I genuinely don't know the extent to which those ones and twos peas off tax on a pint of beer makes the difference. I mean, mm. it it certainly doesn't make a difference to the consumer. No. Mm. And you'd like to think that it adds up to make a difference to the brewer. They wouldn't do it. 
But I mean, if you serve a, sell a hundred pints, you save a pound in tax. That doesn't feel like a, the kind of meaningful change is going to keep you open. So I, I don't know what else is available to 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 the chancellor. But um, but these tiny things, I don't know. I don't know how what impact they make. You said you know some people commented that maybe people are meeting up at home more. That doesn't necessarily mean people are drinking less, because ultimately you can buy a pack of four ciders. I only work in ciders because that's the only thing I really buy uh, <laughs> for the same price as one pint of cider out in a pub in Manchester mm-hmm. anyway six quid five quid six quid yeah yeah so potentially tricky times ahead there Tatton what else has been going on do you know what supermarkets are somewhere that you can buy cheap booze for sure but things aren't cheap enough for a lot of people uh so we're seeing shoplifting going through the roof um they someone from john lewis said that we had a shoplifting pandemic did they call it a shop epidemic epidemic, epidemic. Yeah. um yeah. which is different to a pandemic although both wear masks um the <laughs> thank you very much oh dear. the so people are stealing because they can't afford stuff like mm-hmm. I see it all the time. Uh, there's a little Sainsbury's, like a mini one, in um, on my high street, and they don't have security in there. But there's one particularly strong, fiery woman who absolutely gets stuck into people shoplifting and just stands there and demands they give it back. And they normally do. I mean, she's got no, like, got particular authority, right? She's basically their mum saying give it back and she's scary enough that people do right um yeah you know, she's, she's a lovely person we, we chat sometimes but i see it all the time people stealing stuff and i'm sure you do wherever you are and it's not just recreational it's not just topping up it's people stealing people are stealing according to the reports people are stealing value stuff You know, it's not just stealing a steak so you can have a fancy meal. It's stealing to eat. Mm. And this post was a quote from an article in The Guardian, which was just one of the bleakest reads, um, where it was an anonymous supermarket worker just saying that they just see it all the time and people don't have enough money and not everyone has access to food banks in the same way. And when you have an unequal society, not only are people hungry, but also you're seeing so many pictures of people eating such grand, grandiose things all the time. It kind of brings up the moral question of when's it okay? Yeah. Is it ever okay? It really does. Yeah. And Um, a comment on this post that got a lot of likes and, and comments on it further was just someone simply saying, if you see someone stealing a bit of food you know clearly to eat then no you didn't you didn't see it forget it you know i mean and that's just got the, a the, lot the, of, yeah well i mean the morals and the ethics there are mm. huge aren't they like huge just yeah huge. It's, it's again like but this is this is what it, it's such a bleak week on the on this podcast we we, mm. we had a slightly silly week last week because we were live um and i was drinking beer and this but this week yeah, I mean, top three posts are the NHS not 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 doing the job we want it to do. 
it's uh, communities having their their beating heart ripped out, and it's people feeling the need to steal. And this is where we are. Yeah. Well, let's move on to some more positive things because last week we did do the live podcast. It was so lovely to see people there and get your questions and see your faces. And we love interacting with you guys and talking with you. And so we're very happy that this week we've got a bunch of questions from you guys. Diane, what's in our mailbag this week? It's overflowing. It's huge. Like, honestly, we haven't, we haven't had a week like this in, in a while, but we, we've got loads. And um, I don't know if this is a record. This is quite fun. This will perk us up a bit. But we had, we had three separate Emilys. I checked. They're different people. Three wow. Emilys asked questions. So A trio of Emilys? A trio of Emilys, yeah. Well, that's yeah. amazing. Mm. So that's good. Other other names I, I need love to this. up their game. Yeah, come on, Jemima. Yeah, come on, Charlotte. Where you at, <laughs> Jemima? Yeah. Come on, you puddle ducks. Oh, and all the puddle ducks involved. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're called Jemima. I love that name. It's just that's yeah. Anyway, brilliant. No, so, uh, um, can we hear from the first up? So let's have Emily number one, please. Emily number one even left a voice note. That's oh, Emily. Emily number that is one dedication. Is. You're my favourite, Emily, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Emily, here we go. Emily on Instagram. Hello. Um, my voice note question is, how do you stay positive when sometimes politics can feel so bleak? What do the team do? Well, that couldn't be more apt, really. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with this, Emily, because, um, because it's a qu- like I've been doing this for eight years, and it's a question I get asked all the time. And the the way to do it, the way I find to do it, is to strip back, strip away all the nonsense, and work out what we're really doing to make the world a better place. And that's what politics is about. Politics is about making the world a better place. And there's a lot of noise around and there's a lot of distortion. But that's that's where it is. And that is always there. And it's also a question of listen, team SP get a bit we get a bit cross, don't we, team? Um Why? and we and we we, 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 <laughs> we vent and we share like via DM on Slack, we vent and we share all day. But there's also something pure and something brilliant about politics. And that's what we need to hold on to. Mm. Yeah, that's very nice. That is very nice. Um, I find pretending it's all not happening is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also wine. <laughs> and wine. Yeah, wine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is nice to be able to rant to you guys about stuff. Um, when it gets a bit much, uh, not that I ever do, of course. No. But Tatton, you talk about how there's hope. Um, do you have any kind of recommended reading materials on that topic? Oh, there was this new book out. Uh, What's that? What was it like called? a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah. It was called Politics But Better, and it's an A to Z guide to creating a more hopeful future. And it's written by this guy. Um, 
Oh, he's good. This good-looking fella. You see, he's he's off the telly sometimes. Um, oh, James Acaster. <laughs> yes. No, no, it's not written by him. I can't remember who it's by, but it's a very good book. Okay. Quite... Excellent. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you. So, I've delayed being fired for another week. Diane, what else have we got? <laughs> let's have another Emily. Let's have Emily oh, too. Yes. Uh, Go on, let's do it. Yes, because this is this is good. Emily too says, Can't, it's as if... Honestly, it's as if she had a crystal ball yesterday when she sent this question through. She said, can we focus a bit more on climate policy? Any info on this would be much appreciated. <gasps> She's a clairvoyant. Okay, she Emily, um, you are now currently in my top two Emily's. Um, <laughs> smashed it. Good question. I think today a lot of people would like a bit less focus on climate policy because it's everywhere. We are recording this on Wednesday. I think later this afternoon, we're going to have a press conference and we're going to find out a lot more about climate policy. And we're going to have a lot of, lot of, a lot going on at 5 p.m. 4.30. Sorry, this is breaking live. Wow. As you listen to this, this is live breaking news <laughs> that happened two days ago. So that's quite confusing. Um, <laughs> we've got a 4.30 press conference why four? Th- what, I mean, four, five worked for two years. Anyway, four thirty <laughs> press conference in which Rishi Sunak is almost certainly going to water down pledges on, uh, on to, to, to help us get to twenty fifty. He's going to put in vague. Oh yeah, but we're going to have to do this. Climate policy is really simple. We all know that this is going to happen. We know it is currently destroying lives far away. We know it is currently making lives more difficult close to home. And we know it's currently making our summers a bit warmer. So not too bad here. This will get worse. This will get worse. This will get worse. We need to do something about it. But doing something now is really hard when we're not really feeling the pain. When most people, most days, aren't really aware of the climate, trying to light a fire under them to say, okay, fine, I'm going to get a new car, I'm going to install a heat pump, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Those things cost money, and you know what? Money's tight. We've just been talking about how pubs are going out of business because people can't afford to go and drink in them. We've just been talking about how people are shoplifting because they haven't got any money. So paying extra money right now for something that doesn't feel immediate is really, really hard. And it's really hard for a politician to do something unpopular that they feel is necessary because they're democratically elected. So if the people Mm. don't want it, they don't want to cause, you know, we haven't got any money. We can't, we can't, we can't put money into the NHS to, to sort out these waiting lists. Climate change is not popular. During the referendum on Brexit, no one said £350 million a week to help us fight climate change. That's not where we want to spend our money. Yeah, and that, that's backed up with things like Ulez recently, isn't it? How that was kind, you know, quite unpopular in a lot of areas and potentially, you know, Labour even blame it for costing them a by-election, you know, so... That's where this is coming from, right? It's a place of wanting to placate people a little bit, potentially. But, I mean, but so, so so this is where this is where it gets tricky because how 
do we find a way for politicians to do unpopular things? And the answer is you can't really, because we have a democratic system and they will be voted out if they do unpopular things. So you have to have a politician who can make the case, who can make the argument and bring people with them, or we don't do it. And we have to do it. So we need, (laughs) we need leadership is what we need. And on this, we're going to tweak things. Actually, the car... The, the, if, 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 presumably, he is going to say that the cars will will be at some um, uh, 2035 rather than 2030. It will ban them all, and that's actually the European Union date as well. So that's not too bad. Maybe if we're bringing it in line with Europe, fine. So we're fudging it. Maybe, maybe by taking some pressure off now. He can bring it back later. If he wins the next election, he can he can do more later. It's not necessarily the end of the world, but there needs to be clear strategy and not just, oh, we can't do this now. Mm. Yeah. Tricky, because these policies are very divisive at the moment. We don't know what's going to happen, but there's even people within the Conservative Party who've been calling out Rishi on this potential watering down of policy. So we will have to see what happens should we do one more question or do you want to move on to Parliament Watch? Let's do quick fire all these, all these three. Quick, 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 yeah. quick fire all these three. Let's yep. do okay. it. Right, three more questions. Charlotte, will you keep tatting to time, please? I will indeed. <laughs> oh, how long have I got? 60. Uh, 60, 60 seconds for each. Yeah. Oh, I can do it 30. Come on, let's do 30. Let's right, see what okay. we've got. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, first one from Casey. He said there were some laws around materials that promoted um, suicide and self-harm. She knows a bill was being passed. Did it get passed? Did it cover this content? Uh, it has been passed and it does cover that content, yes. It's very, very very clear on that. It's one of the areas that I was most impressed with by the bill. Um, self-harm, promoting self-harm and promoting suicide uh, are both uh, specific offences now. So it's, uh, it's, it's good, it's done. Good job, 17 seconds. Excellent. Oh, yeah. Okay, we've got our third Emily of the day. Let's go to her and then I'm going to end on on another one. Um, Third Emily of the day said, can you tell me something good and something bad that's happened as a result of Brexit? Uh, Yes, easily. I think the good thing is that we are genuinely in charge of our regulations. Uh, We are genuinely, we can change things where we want to. And if we want to do things differently to the European Union, we can do. I mean, that's, that's, that's if you want to be an independent country, that's a pretty great thing to be able to do because our needs are not the same as the needs of Portugal or whatever else it might be. Uh, The bad thing that's happened as a result of Brexit, I think that there's just many things that it's nice to be unified on. It's nice to stand together with other countries on. And uh, obviously we are slightly separate to that. Sorry. I hadn't planned ahead what noise I was going to make when it ended and so I panicked (laughs) and just became like a a foghorn. Okay, final quick fire question. (laughs) Okay, this one's for Ellis, and I think it's very important. Um, He said, what is your go-to takeaway order? Oh, uh, paneer paneer tandoori. That's what I like. I like like, like a good uh, roasted paneer. How about you, Diane? Uh, Fish and chips takeaway. Charlotte? Yeah. Battered sausage and chips, yeah. I don't like fish. There we go. There we go. Um, So, Emily, I don't know why Emily's don't care about our food. (laughs) Literally not one Emily asks us about food. 
No. Well, let's see how many Emilys we get next week. Yes. Right, so let's move on to more serious topics in Parliament Watch. So we're heading into conference season, which is Tatton's favourite season. Which party's going first, Tatton? So we've got the Liberal Democrats up first. They're in Bournemouth. They are their part there. I love the Liberal Democrats because they're um they're really fun with their publicity stunts and things. But listen, they are on a high right now because they've what they're winning by elections left, right, and centre. Their by election coming up in mid Bedfordshire, which they might win, and that would be a huge, huge landscape. They massively benefit from the fact that they are not Conservatives and they're not Labour. Very few people really know what the Lib Dems want, and that allows the Lib Dems to sometimes say some things to one some people and something to, different to other people. This is going to be a really interesting conference because they're going to debate their actual policies. And then we're going to see more of where the direction of travel before the election. I think we've really had quite a a long time today talking about other things. So just very briefly, we're going to talk about living standards and cost of living and the climate and small boats and all of these all of these issues that are going to be big in the election. And they're also going to spend loads of time saying how terrible the Conservative Party are. One thing to note, the only chance they have of getting to government is with a Labour coalition in the next after the next election. So watch out for the the key diamond issues that they're going to want to carry on and make their their part of any coalition. What is it that they're going to be looking for? That's got to be about proportional representation, right? got to be well That's the yeah one. i mean last time they managed to swing a vote on av which was mm. like a, a massive swindle <laughs> like i don't know how they allowed the conservative party to pull that off <laughs> so we want rossley representation how about a referendum on av <laughs> what no <laughs> but nick Clegg was like yeah done can i be deputy prime minister now um mm. yeah so that that ended well for everyone yes it did indeed Okay, and finally, because we will, of course, be covering conferences as they come along, um, because Tatton won't let us not cover them. What else is going to be happening over the next few weeks? What is in our crystal ball, Tatton? Well, we've got the Conservative Party Conference on the 1st of October, and that's going to be absolutely fascinating. I hear on the grapevine that very few Conservative MPs are going, that people don't really want to be part of this, this, this bin fight. Someone said to me that it was going to be people who are on the payroll and people who want to be on the payroll, and that's it, and the rest won't be going. It's going to be an interesting one. We're going to see policy, 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 big speeches, more gearing towards the next election, and we will see fighting off screen on the climate and other things. Okay, brilliant. And Diane, what else is happening? Okay, so we've just been talking Lib Dems. It's the Lib Dem favourite. It's by-elections. There's three in October. Can you believe it? But three. Wow. Um, one of them's the Nadine Doris, Do- Nadine Doris seat. I will say her name wrong. Um, but the first one is up on the 5th of October, and it's the Rutherglen and Hamilton West. So up in Scotland, it's the seat that used to be Margaret Ferrier, who um, had to leave because she broke COVID rules. Um, so it could stay SNP, but it's there's potential. Who knows? Yeah, this will all be very, very interesting. And uh, of course, we'll be bringing you 
all the information about it, what's been going on. Uh, so tune in in the future and follow us. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. Tat and Diane, lovely to see you. It's been ever. an absolute you pleasure. Too. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You just heard a stripped media production. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.